0: I'm Teresa Huff, former special ed teacher turned grant writer and nonprofit strategist. In my 20 years of freelancing, I've helped nonprofits triple their funding and exponentially increase their reach. Now I'm stepping up to mentor freelancers and nonprofit leaders like you who are ready to take your skills to the next level. It's time to get intentional about your vision so you can create lasting change in your community. Learn the skills and strategies you need to become the grant writer the world needs. Let's do this. Before we get started today, nonprofits and grant writers often ask me where they can find grants. So I tell them about Instrumental. Instrumental makes my grant searching process go so much faster. It has so many features and data right there, and they'll even walk you through setting it up to help you get the most out of the system. Instrumental brings all your grant prospecting, tracking, and ongoing management under one roof. In fact, I partnered with Instrumental to give you a free two-week trial and $50 off your first month. Go to teresahuff.com slash instrumental, that's instrument with an L, and use the code GWSPOD to start your free trial. That's Teresahuff.com slash instrumental. Go give it a try. Hey friends, welcome back. Today is one of my favorite kinds of episodes. I am doing an on-air grant writer strategy call. I'm working with someone who is interested in getting into grant writing, and we talked through some options and some ways she can get started. But before we get into that, remember that if you are interested in coming to the Neo Summit the Nonprofit Innovation and Optimization Summit in Kansas City in September, you can get $400 off your ticket price using my code icth 22 I'll put everything in the show notes and link to that so that you can click over there and grab your ticket and let's meet up in Kansas City. Now, today I'm talking with Lori Smith, and the reason I really enjoyed this one is because she has just finished a career in teaching special education, and as you probably know by now, I used to be a special ed teacher, so right off the bat, we had a lot in common, and I understand the skill set that she has, where she's coming from, and I know how closely that is going to relate to grant writing for her, and how similar it will Be in nonprofit work. I know right now, from her perspective, it feels like a lot of unknowns, but really, she is not that far from just stepping right over into the grant writing lane. She's got a lot of transferable skills and a lot of unique things that she brings to the table. For example, in special education, a lot of our paperwork, we have to write clear goals and objectives for students. We have to write a clear description and encompass the needs, the skills, the strengths, the weaknesses, and all of that in a clear, succinct way. And that's not altogether different from grant writing. There's a lot of paperwork in both, and the way you have to describe things clearly and map out a plan for that, it's very similar and very transferable. So I talk with Lori about some different ways she can use her skills and some possible opportunities in her community where she can start getting some experience in nonprofit work and also pulling in things from her background that maybe she hadn't thought about in a while or hadn't realized how much experience she actually already has with nonprofits. So I hope you enjoy, and I would love to hear your takeaways from the episode. Here we go. All right, Lori, I am excited to dig into this with you today. I know you have kind of a similar background to mine with teaching special education, and then now you are interested in exploring grant writing and nonprofit work. So let's dig in and start with some of your questions. And where you wanna go with this. So why don't you start by just giving me a little bit of context about your background work and experience that you have.
1: Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this um, today. Um, I um, am originally from Nebraska. Um, I just finished my 20th year of teaching elementary special education. Um, That's off to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I've taught mostly in Kansas um, and a couple years in Nebraska. And then I taught two years at an international Christian school SPED um, in the Dominican Republic. Um, and um, K, well, actually I've done like early childhood through sixth grade. So just the elementary um, special ed, um, you know, seen rural areas, small schools, urban, you know, some bigger schools. So I've gotten to see um, a number of environments and um, a lot of different and uh, different things. And then I just decided at the end of the school year, well, I actually I resigned in January. I'm not really having a plan in place, but I at first was looking at corporate and education and I just felt like that didn't really fit my personality. And so then I kind of been looking more towards nonprofits. I've always been, you know, that type of helping personality, just wanting to give back. And so I've kind of steered towards nonprofits and grant writing is something that I've just kind of recently gotten, you know, introduced to. And I know it's something that would be beneficial working with a, a nonprofit and it's just something I would want to learn more about.
0: It sounds like it would fit well. And I know what I found that surprised me when I went from special ed and got into grant writing was how many skills were really applicable, like all the detailed paperwork that you have to do, Mm -hmm. writing goals and objectives, clearly explaining the program and how it's designed Mm -hmm. and how it's customized. But instead of doing it for one student, you're doing it for an organization at the nonprofit level. So it's really similar transferable skill set. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm probably more the atypical special ed teacher that I don't, I've never really minded the paperwork. Like I I've got really so I could, you know, do them, sit down and do them pretty thoroughly because I just I know the ins and outs of them. I've done them for so many years now that, you know, I know I need to go through and put this here, here and here. And so like I could do them fairly quickly just because I I knew what to do. And so I honestly didn't mind doing the, doing the IEPs and the paperwork.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Cause I didn't either. I kind of liked that part of it, the reporting yeah. and describing the student and their personality and their skills and talking yeah. about them. I, I liked that.
1: I suppose it, it's because it has like, for some of the things, not everything that there's like okay, there's a black and white answer. Some of it's going to be open ending, but I think because there is parameters, it was, it, that appealed to me a lot more in some ways, because in other areas, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know your expectations. And sometimes that was more nerve wracking when you you know sit down and write something. Okay, you've done it. It's done. It's open and shut, closed.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that's good. And that's interesting you say that because a while back I talked about how there are so many constraints in grant writing sometimes Mm -hmm. and in nonprofit work, you know, not enough funding or so many restrictions on applications Mm -hmm. and word count and all the things we have to deal with. But those can actually be a good challenge to think more Mm -hmm. creatively and to help contain and define the work we need to do. And how can we maximize the impact within that? So it sounds like you've kind of done the same just within a different set of paperwork.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: What would you say are some of your biggest strengths?
1: Well, one, probably writing. Um, I've always enjoyed writing, like doing writing, problem solving. And I think um, it's not necessarily something that I always like to do, but it's just in as a special ed teacher, you're constantly getting faced with a lot of parameters a lot of variables and you're like having to to put out fires and um and it's it's very unexpected so I don't know if it's something so something I necessarily like to do or love to do but I feel like that I I do have a strength of problem solving because I have my schedule or had my schedule set of like this is what I'm going to be doing during the day but It's a fifty percent, you know, toss of the coin whether or not that I actually follow that schedule for the entire day. There could be, I have to deal with a student, or I get called into this situation, or you know, and probably that flexibility, adaptability, go with the flow, Um, and not necessarily something I always like or enjoy, but it's something that I that I probably excelled at just because it was something that I had to do a lot of, Mm -hmm. Um, and also that. I think that caring hearts, like I, I'm probably in, in too nice of a person. Like I am a little bit of a people pleaser. I've gotten a lot better since I was younger, but I like harmony and I like positivity and being able to promote that. And I think that comes along with, being, with solving problems. Like I want to solve the problems to make things better, make things easier, make people successful just to see the smile on their face and just that compassion and and patience. I probably have patience for other people, probably more than myself. Sometimes (laughs) I'm probably impatient with myself, but I'm very patient with other people.
0: Isn't that Um, so true? (laughs) So often we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. 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 Okay. And these things that you're describing, incidentally, it seems to be a lot of people who are drawn to nonprofit work in general mm-hmm. have a lot of these qualities because it's required, but that's their nature. And they're mm-hmm. drawn to that type of work because they that really appeals to them. And they're good at that. And they're caring. They want to make a difference. They want to serve and help people. So it, you know, those are important qualities yeah. to have along the way.
1: And I feel like that I'm always constantly having to generate ideas and brainstorm and like, okay, if I can't do this or, you know, like I have my my teacher brain, I'm thinking about a student situation here and, and not really obsessive, but maybe a little tad bit where I'm thinking about it and it doesn't go, go away until it's
0: solved. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so I'm like constantly <laughs> having to... to figure out an answer. (laughs) Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I do that a lot, especially if I have a client problem or a question that's come up. And it's usually rolling around in my head when I'm washing dishes or driving or something. And like that's just kind of when my brain chews on it and keeps going with it. It doesn't shut off when I close the laptop at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So what questions do you have for me? I know you recently had come across the podcast and The idea of grant writing seemed to really intrigue you and resonate with you and your skills. And so far from our conversations, it seems like it would be a great fit for you. So I'd like to dig into what specific questions you might have related to your next steps.
1: Probably just the biggest thing is like how to get started and learning more about it. Um, Just because I'm coming from absolutely no
0: experience with it. And where do I go to even learn about it? hmm And, you know, that's the question that I hear the most often is where do I start? Even from people who have read books and taken courses and things, mm-hmm. they're still paralyzed. And a lot of times the way I like to approach it is to start with what you know and go from there to find the shortest distance from point A to point B. So at first, it may seem like we've got the Grand Canyon to cross, but really if we look at what do you know and what do you have to work with already, and what opportunities are available to you, then a lot of times the distance is like a little brook instead of the Grand Canyon. And all you need are a few well-placed stepping stones to get across it, as opposed to trying to trek clear across the Grand Canyon to get there. And so the distance usually isn't as far as people think it is. And so I'd like to explore more of what opportunities might be available to you either within your network or within your community, whether that be online or in person, and kind of dig into that to see what would be a good next step to pursue this. And so I know you mentioned you have a pretty small community where you are, but tell me a little more about that as far as like, do you have a public library or a community center? I know there's probably a public school system, but what Mm-hmm. What things are there in your community?
1: Um, there's like a public library. And it's kind of funny because I, I live in this town, but I, the town that I grew up in where my parents live is 30 miles away. And so I probably know more about what's going on where I grew up at because I know more about what my parents talk about in the community there than I do in this community here.
0: Well, then um, let's expand that radius for community to mean, say, within an hour radius of you. Like what a, what adjoining towns, what area just in your local um, network there? In the,
1: the neighboring town where my parents are, there's like the library, there's um, like a senior center, a fairly big gym, um, like a dance studio, um, community center, but I don't know what like that's more just stuff like your building. They don't necessarily have things there. Um, Legion Center, swimming pool, kind of like your basic. They don't have a rec center, just like your other basic, you know, local shops and stores there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, How about like the a boys and girls club, after school program, food pantry? Um, I know there's
1: like 4-H programs. Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. The 4-H clubs are fairly active and like some different youth
0: groups. Mm-hmm. Okay. And these towns, are they K 12 school districts or are they smaller? Yeah. All right. And then I know you had you've lived in different areas, you mentioned. And so mm-hmm. you have do you still have connections in those communities and those areas? Some, not necessarily
1: the schools, but but I do have. Like the area that I lived in along distance, Kansas, I have a lot of good friends that um, I still go back there and visit a lot. So, mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And that's a little bit bigger community, right?
1: Yeah. With yeah. more
0: resources yeah. and things. Okay. I know it seems like I'm getting into random leads here, but I promise there's a method <laughs> to the <laughs> madness <laughs> because I know for me starting out <laughs> and even still the best source of clients all along has always been word of mouth. And some of that just comes from learning and testing, but then also putting the word out. And if I could go back and do it again, I would have gotten a little clearer in the beginning as opposed to just, yeah, grant writing. And yeah, people know what that is and they grab onto it, but they also refer anything and everything. And, oh, I have a business. Can you write a grant for me? Or we're starting a new nonprofit. Can you come write a grant for us to help us get it going? And those are not ideal situations for grant writing. So I would have gotten clearer. And that's partly why I started this. So I could help people (laughs) avoid some of those pitfalls early on and be able to understand that for yourself so that you can convey that to others. And it's also helpful if you look for the people in your life who are the natural connectors, like they thrive on connecting people and resources and each other, like they seem to know everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how it's just like some yeah. magic Rolodex in their brain that they just know everybody.
1: There was a, um, a community, community organization, um, Kansas. It's an extension of the 4-H extension programs called pride. It's a pride community organization, like town beautification. Um, and I was, Very active in that program when I lived in that area for about eight years, and there's not too many of the people that are left. That I do have um, some good friends that are still pretty active during their 70s, so they're getting up there in age. But I know that I wasn't a part of it. But just when you're talking about grant writing, that was one thing that we did to get a lot of different funds. Is we did do some grant writing to receive funding for like playgrounds and park building and some different things like that when I, when when I lived there.
0: Okay. And how involved were you with that process?
1: This is probably 12, 13 years ago. Um, Probably not a lot. I remember maybe doing something with the forms but again, there was somebody there that knew how to do it. And I think just collecting the information and giving it to them. So I don't really even remember much about it, but I just remember that doing them. We did those a couple
0: couple different times. Mm-hmm. So okay. And so you were involved with the organization as a whole mm-hmm. and then just kind of helped yeah. supplement some of the pieces for the grant process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also I while you're while we're on that subject I would think through other nonprofits or philanthropic work that you've been involved with over the years. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the Fast Focus Power series yet and go through that workbook, but that will help you think through some of your background and mm-hmm. skills. Even if it doesn't seem relevant, you might be surprised at some of those past skills, volunteer anything that you've been involved with, even if it was just like a one-time event or project that you helped with. Sometimes that's yeah. something really valuable to help you connect the dots and you're not starting so, from scratch.
1: There was a good friend of mine, um, they're the same organization. and We actually, she and I co-founded uh, like the town itself. And this was probably, oh gosh, uh, 2008, 2009. So a lot, quite a number of years ago the town didn't really have a town celebration. And so we decided, she and I decided to take on the initiative to create this town celebration. And I'm trying to remember what we called it. I, I still have like a t-shirt, like an old t-shirt that we created where we had like vendors and we did prizes and like I did a duck drop. And we we did it for two years. And then um, it was just a lot of work. And the town itself, it's about to town about 2,500 people. We just cannot get the volunteers, and she and I were kind of having to do it on our own, and we just couldn't get more more buy into it, the town, and so it got dropped after that. But there's still some pieces that they continued on. landed up moving away that year after. I think they continued on with the vendors and maybe like this duck drop, where they drop ducks from the air, and then if if they dropped your duck in a certain bullseye, then you'd get like at this money prize or something like that. And so that was something that she and I coordinated on our own, or we, we started, we had come up with the idea for it. Um, so that was, that was always a pretty big deal. I, I had had that on my resume many years ago, but you know, since it was a long time ago, I kind of took that off, but at the time it was a very big deal because we, we kind of were the ones in charge of it.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about that in the context of nonprofit work, Event planning, fundraising, getting buy-in, getting people involved, collecting vendors. Mm-hmm. like That's a lot of logistics and coordination right there that you're talking about. Even though you did it maybe 10 or 12 or 14 years ago, you still mm-hmm. did it. <laughs> you yeah. took that on. You took the initiative, which it shows initiative. It shows drive and interest in your community. But it also shows a lot of organization skills, strategic thinking, coordinating and just implementing the event itself Mm -hmm. that's a ton of work and a ton of follow-up and coordinating that type of thing when I assume you were still working as a teacher at the time as well so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know to take that on but I'm thinking though now if you're not applying for teaching jobs and you're looking more at shifting and looking at nonprofit work whether jobs or grant writing or whatever it may be things like that are going to be key to pull back in and you Mm -hmm. may want to reframe it as as opposed to like a chronological thing on your resume to where it might seem like oh that's a long time ago it doesn't matter reframe it as more a project based and like projects that you've taken (laughs) on and then you could highlight that as a project At an event that you co founded and really pull in that piece. And so I'm guessing between your education and school and some of these other events like these that you're mentioning that you've taken on, if you go back and look through your background experiences like that one, for example, Mm -hmm. in light of that context, what else could you pull out like that and start mining for gold that you can reframe? in the context of nonprofit work. Okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have a ton of experience that's really valuable from teaching, but I think you're sitting on some other things too that you could pull out and look at it differently as opposed to staying in the, here's how you put together a teacher resume box. Like let's shake it up and jumble the box. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. How does that does that get some creative it, wheels turning?
1: Yes, it does. It does. It makes me want to go through
0: my LinkedIn profile. Every <laughs> end, like, end,
1: I can tell end, by end.
0: the look on your face. You're <laughs> like, hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: I know. Like, I, I'm, I guess I probably just am am more apt to to just fall back on like the special ed or education like expertise mm-hmm. consulting thing because because um, when I was in the Dominican Republic, I um, got introduced to this gal that ran a preschool. Uh, in the morning. And then she tutored students. Um, A lot of them were at the school that I was working at. And we just kind of became really good friends. And I did like some consulting. I ended up working for her like the second year to, to doing a lot of tutoring. But I was almost like her consultant where I had some students where I was basically assessing them and doing reports and talking with parents and giving strategies and suggestions. And then I did a few very small scale um, like workshops or some presentations for kids, like five to seven teachers that I did on some different basic things. And she sometimes would call me her Google queen because she would ask me something and I would like, okay, I don't know what's at the moment, but I'll find this. And I'll give her resources or strategies or try and hunt things down for her. And like, she actually contacted me like last week to ask me a question Well, I need help with this. And so that's, um, that's tend to be like where my brain goes is just like, I'm wanting to give suggestions or strategies or, you know, um something to help her,
0: um, help and her out. Go back to that. She tends to call you what? The Google, Google queen. Okay. That's what I thought you said. Things like that, little things that people have said about you, start writing those down, start collecting <laughs> those because I mean, think of yeah. a powerful little thing to sprinkle in. Like, yeah, you're telling about yourself, your background, but like, they call me the Google queen. Here's why. Here's the type of thing I've helped with. Yeah. Think how powerful that it's, would be.
1: Well, and I suppose like it's basically I'm doing these Google searches and I get on this flip page and okay, I'm going to go to link here. Oh, I'm going to go to that link there. And I, I'm kind of like, I find these things. I'm going like a little rabbit hunt, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I've never seen as a Google search as being like, okay, like having of, of that being very beneficial and being an expert
0: ad, but I don't know. Maybe it is. (laughs) Well, when you do that, do you come back with like the pared down pithy valuable thing that they need? Or do you just say here, here, read through these 20 different websites?
1: Um, I mean, I, some of it's a little bit of both. Some of it is like, oh, I found this really cool site from this link that somehow it's like, I find I'm like in a search bar. Like if it has like a number two, like oh well, let me try the number three here, and I get another page for number page three, and I'll oh I'll try like page, and I'll type in a number four, and I'll find oh there's more information on page four, and Mm -hmm. you know just it's um like I found these resources here, and it's just kind of like some of it is they'll come up with an idea or have this um, need, and like oh I remember looking at this page here's some information for this, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. having a topic or um, something to to know about, I guess.
0: Right. And knowing where to start. But Mm -hmm. that is actually a skill set that is either overwhelming or not instinctive for a lot of people. That for you, it's probably so natural. It doesn't even feel like a skill is just
1: It's just a discovery, I guess, you know, and then I'm on this web page and then I somehow get onto this next page that's not from the direct link, but it's like
0: from other links. And you're able to sift out though of like, okay, this one's not relevant, but that's leading me to something that is, and you can pull out, which is another grant writing skill of knowing when you're on a limited space to try and explain something and answer a question, you have to know which information is important and what should I pull out which things need to be set aside that's not relevant here and how can I frame that most effectively? So I mean we're kind of talking about two things. I just threw that in as well, but like your research skills and helping people with that. But then also as it applies to grant writing, it sounds like that's really natural for you in that regard.
1: Yeah. I probably do have a lot of the research, have a research grade. I'm still on the academia research of like qualitative or quantitative research. And I don't have enough experience about that, but I do have a research brain of, you know, finding sources and finding material and, and mm-hmm. doing Google searches. That's like my more the research. Um, Cause as far as like the, the academic journals and you know, that, I mean, I know, know how to do that, but it's not nearly the extent of like going on the internet and find, doing a Google search, but then I also know that the material has to be reliable and research-based and having, you know, that too. So,
0: right. Yeah. Which is in grant writing, an important element, even on smaller grants, Mm -hmm. you need to make sure you're pulling in good information and not just Mm -hmm. invalid, you know, somebody's opinion compared to actual Mm -hmm. good research, if that's what you're presenting. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm thinking through, some of these things and some of these skills that, I mean, it sounds like you would be a natural fit for it. Where do you see yourself say one year from now? I know you may not really know long-term, like, where's this going to go? What's this going to look like? But say, If we bring that down to just one year, where would you like to see yourself?
1: I mean, obviously working in some sort of a nonprofit organization, um, you know, I, I'm i still learning the ins and outs of nonprofits just because I, I feel like my heart is in a nonprofit, but learning, you know, the ins and outs of one is still kind of new to me. Um, some sort of a role working within it. I mean, if I... Need to do grant writing. I mean, that's something that I think of that I would enjoy doing. I don't know necessarily, like, if that's all I would be doing, I would, I think it'd, it'd be nice to do something beyond grant writing, but I know that grant writing is necessary in a lot of nonprofits. Um, but I, I mean, I tend to be more of liking being behind the scenes and learning the ins and outs of something before taking on a leadership role. And once I know a lot about organization or know a lot about you know what they do what my defined role is find you know expectations responsibilities then I'm more likely to feel comfortable taking on a leadership role of being in charge of other individuals and taking out more of the leadership you know being in charge of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't
1: know if that answers your question.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think you'd be a natural for that because I mean, in special ed and teaching, you've got to coordinate mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts, a lot of people, a lot of paperwork and projects and all the different pieces of that. And so I feel like nonprofit leadership would be very natural for you, whether it's grant writing or not. And I can tell you in nonprofit work, typically we end up wearing a lot of different hats. Like for years, I was, I marketed myself as a grant writer, but sometimes that turned into helping develop and evaluate curriculum or help Mm -hmm. with some of their teacher training or even, you know, working on a website and newsletter for a nonprofit. So it kind of expanded to some different pieces, but they were very relevant to grant writing because I could do it behind the scenes. I could support them strategically. A lot of the messaging was the same, things that I would talk about or information that I would need to collect and use and write about. It could be very similar, but those pieces were the same. And so depending on your interests and skill sets, I could see where in a nonprofit role you would do really well with that also, whether it was as a grant writer or as a more in a development role or a leadership, even like a director at a small nonprofit or something like that, Mm -hmm. where they do end up wearing a lot of hats, but you also have the opportunity to help drive that vision and cast that for the group as a whole and then help bring that leadership to the next level and help take the nonprofit forward.
1: I'm probably more interested in like the educational or special needs it, probably just because I have that background and that expertise in it. Um, sure. I'm not, you know, I'd be open to other industries as well. It's just, I would have a lot more background. in if it's something that, that deals with, with the schools or a special needs population. Or, right. You, know, that, you can areas. speak the
0: language already.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, then I would recommend if you haven't gone through that, Workbook. Yeah. The fast focus workbook that helps you with some questions of digging into your background and keep in mind some of these things we've talked about today with your volunteer work, your special projects, whether in teaching or in outside community type projects, keep those in mind as you go through that in the context of that. And then after you've filled out that worksheet, go back through and try to just step back and look at it objectively. Like if you were reading this about someone else, what would jump out at you? What patterns would you see? What skills? What would you say? Oh, wow. She sounds like she would be great with this. And what things really resonate with you? And then you can start to refine what you want to be known for like maybe that is grant writing for special needs nonprofits. so that could be something like your core thing that you want to be referred for which would be a really cool thing it's very memorable and when people come to me and say hey i need a grant writer or we're looking to hire here's a job posting if you know of anyone if it has to do with that you're going to be the first person that comes to mind Because like other people who have gone through my program, like one is very interested in the arts and culture type organizations. Another one is Mm -hmm. more in private schools. And so like there are different people. But for you, you would be the first person that comes to mind. And so if you spread that to your network of what Mm -hmm. specifically do you want to be known for, what skill set? then that helps them because that is very specific, then you will immediately come to mind as referable for that thing. And then as far as the learning piece of it, I know you had asked about that, like, where do I start learning? How do I do this? (laughs) And of course, you know, there are lots of courses, including mine out there and a lot of opportunities, but also, you know, even just start with some basics, start with learning like even library books, if you can get some or borrow some through the library, just to learn like, what are the basic parts of a grant? You know, if you can't afford to invest in courses right now, then start learning about grants to get the lay of the land. You mentioned that you're trying to learn how nonprofits work, how they operate. That is fantastic. And that's super important to understand because. Is that, are there,
1: that, I mean, I need to ask you this later about like, library books or different different books or authors to look into about how nonprofits work and what what the ins and outs of of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah um let me look back through some book recommendations from podcast guests because okay. they've given some really good ones and I'll send you those links of some book lists on that because some of them like one has to do more with board operations, which is really important to understand and how a healthy board should look. Another one is more like the mindset of fundraising and another one is more of like the trends and changing and shifting. So I'll look back through those and send you the links to the books about that.
1: Is fundraising connected with grant writing? Because I know I see a lot of job listings who are like knowing about doing a lot of fundraising. Is that connected a lot?
0: Yes. And ideally nonprofits understand that grant writing is a small piece of the fundraising puzzle. If you think of fundraising as a pie and a nonprofit needs the pie to be able to run and operate, fundraising is the whole piece. Grant writing is one piece, but then like donations are a piece and major gifts are a piece or fundraising events and things like that, or even charging for services and things that they might have available. Like say maybe they have programs and they charge fees for their classes. So each of those aspects is a piece and grants are one piece. Grants should not be the whole thing, which is often a misconception that people think, oh, we'll just you know fund the whole thing with grants and it'll be all good. (laughs) But that's not how grants work. They want to see that you are already up and running and have other funding sources before you start pulling in grant money. They want to be a part of it to help supplement. And so when, to answer your question, it's important that Yes, it's good to understand the whole picture, and that grants fit into the picture, but they aren't the whole thing.
1: Okay.
0: Does that answer Mm -hmm. what you? Yeah, it does.
1: It does. Yeah, it does.
0: Okay, I feel like you have so many good elements to work with. So why don't you tell me, based on what we've talked about, what are your next action steps?
1: Uh, I think probably I, I need to just go back through and work on like my LinkedIn profile and work on that community organization that I was involved in for eight years. I did. I was very active in it and I just need to figure out how to make it more current and then just to go back through the community volunteer experiences that I've had because um, I, I guess I haven't necessarily thought about how to make them more relevant um, into the nonprofit Sector, and then I want to go to the library and check out some more books on the grant writing and nonprofits, and just to do more reading with that. So, um, those two things at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Good. I'm just making notes here. So, one is to polish up your LinkedIn profile. Another is to go through your past experiences and really dig in and take inventory to see how that's relevant, and maybe you do those in the reverse order. (laughs) Go through your experiences and then polish up your profile because then that will help Mm -hmm. inform what you want to say there. And along with that, don't forget, think about what people have said about you or even ask people, hey, what did you think of working with me? Or would you mind to give me a quote or two about what it was like to work together? Write those things down and keep track. And then also start learning all you can about grants and nonprofits to be able to mm-hmm. absorb and understand the pieces of, I think once you start doing that, you'll start to see patterns that are very similar to what you're used to in the special ed process and paperwork and some of those systems mm-hmm. you had to do and the problem solving. It'll be very applicable when you get into that and start to wrap your head around how nonprofits and grants work. Mm-hmm okay any other big questions does that kind of give you a starting point
1: not at the moment this has been so extremely helpful
0: (laughs) okay good well I would love for you to follow up and let me know how these are going in a couple weeks or so and we'll stay in touch and then you can kind of keep tabs and we'll we'll go from there I can't wait to see where you go with this All right, what do you think? Could you see yourself in Lori's situation? And have you been wondering some of those same questions? I hope this was helpful to challenge you to think about your experiences and your work in a way that maybe you hadn't looked at before. You probably have more skills than you realize that are directly related to nonprofit work. So I want you to dig deep and think through those. Even if you've already done some grant writing, think about the other skills you have that really transfer. Some of it is probably so natural to you that you don't even realize how valuable some of those skills can be. If you're on the fence and not sure about grant writing quite yet, but still feel like this could be a good option for you, then go over and take my quiz, Do You Have What It Takes to Be a Grant Writer at TeresaHuff.com slash quiz. All right, friends, keep up the good work. Come send me a message and let me know what you're up to. I love hearing about what you're doing in the community. Have a great week and go change your world.